right, here we go. Welcome back to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Um, first of all, uh, we are not going to be filming, obviously, on Christmas, and this is being filmed on the 23rd, December 23rd. So Merry Christmas, um, everybody. Um, and if you are listening to this on Christmas, then um, I suggest you um, finish the episode, of course. Surprise you're listening on Christmas, but go watch the football, go watch the basketball, um, just enjoy the holiday. Um, Sam, what do you uh, what do you got planned for Christmas? Like background is different uh, a little bit. I can tell you're not in the normal place. Yeah, I'm back home. Uh, excited to see everyone here. But happy Hanukkah going on at the same time. Going to be sure. crossing over through Christmas. So sure. um, happy holidays to everyone. Um, I'm sure we'll put put something out before New Year's. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a great time to see everyone. Uh, it, luckily, it seems like everyone is back home from colleges and different things like that. So it's really just about seeing everyone. Um, Going to see you, obviously, which is the biggest probably the best part of my trip so Kings game baby uh, that's gonna be so fun so ben sam and i are going to ben welker who has been a voice on the show for a while um we are gonna head to the king's game on the 28th the second mm-hmm. of a back-to-back against the nuggets so that'll be fun to see Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and against Sabonis, we've talked about it, but Sabonis oh, God, is playing yeah. at a supremely high level. That's going to be a fun matchup to see, and hopefully uh, Fox continues to play well. Keegan hopefully continues to play well. Oh, yeah. Well, we will we will definitely get to the Kings um, because there is a lot to talk about. And, I, I mean, <laughs> I saw something earlier this morning. The seventh seed in the Western Conference right now has 19 wins. The first seed in the Western Conference right now has 19 wins. Um, so <laughs> um, that's that's what the West is looking like. It's an interesting yeah. year for the Kings to decide to be really good this year. They 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 picked a year where everybody decided to be good. <laughs> um, so, but we we will get to the Kings. But the first thing that we have to do, uh, we are filming on the 23rd. So if you're looking at your calendar, that is a Friday, which means that the Thursday night game. Uh, in the NFL between the Jaguars and the Jets was played. Uh, the Jaguars mm. won uh, 19 to three. Jaguars are in a cool situation right now. If they win out, they're in. And they have a really good chance of doing that. They played Houston, which I think you'd feel pretty good about uh, going into if you're Jacksonville. And then their last game is at home against the Titans. And I don't know the health of Ryan Tannehill right now, but um, I think he's going to be out this weekend. So they could be getting a banged up Ryan Tannehill. And even if he wasn't banged up, I think at home I would still probably pick the Jaguars um, to win that game. So very, uh, very interesting scenario uh, for the Jaguars right now. Trevor Lawrence has been playing outstanding. But the main storyline coming out of last night uh, is on the opposite sideline in New York. Um, with Zach Wilson. So if you were not watching the game the other night, uh, Zach Wilson was benched for Chris Strebler, or as everybody was calling him, Tim Tebow Jr. Uh, is the name that I saw floating around out there. Um, so, I mean, if you've been following the NFL, you know that Zach Wilson has been a storyline. Really, the quarterback room for the New York Jets has been a storyline with Wilson and Mike White and all that drama. Yeah. Last night, um, to me, kind of felt like the end of something a little bit. Um, and getting getting pulled in that game um, after getting your, I guess, quote unquote, second chance 
of the season because I don't think I don't think Zach. I think it was um, sort of assumed that Zach wasn't going to come back in the rest of the season as long as Mike White was healthy. Mike White had earned that job for sure. He's clearly playing better than Zach. So he gets this second chance out of the blue. He plays pretty well last week. Mm-hmm. Not great, but pretty well. But getting benched in the middle of the game, I don't know. It it, it kind of felt like the end of something. I, I can't definitively say that we're never going to see Zach play another snap for the Jets. But I think if I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me, I'd probably say we we might not see him again in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can jump that far. We're just one week removed to where we saw, oh, we were saying, man, we see some potential with Zach Wilson throwing for over 300 yards. Yeah, his completion percentage was really bad. He threw a really bad pick, but threw a couple of touchdowns was spreading it around to those weapons that they have. I think the worst thing that could have happened for Zach Wilson is the amount of expectations that were put on him because the team around him grew up so fast. Outstanding, yeah. I mean, they have the talent to make the playoffs, especially in the AFC. Uh, And I think that hindered his ability to really grow at his own pace. Um, I think what helped Trevor Lawrence is the low expectations coming off of the Urban Meyer year, I think really helped him. Uh, And the fact that he has an offensive mind. Now, I think Robert Sala should for sure be the head coach of the Jets for Mm -hmm. a long time until something else happens. But they need to get an offensive mind in there to help Zach Wilson and really get some creativity into that offense, I think is the biggest thing. Before you can really judge a guy at his caliber. And we've seen it. Jared Goff was nothing in St. Louis slash LA until Sean McVay got there. Right. Like there there's things, there's systems that turn guys around that really unlock guys. Trevor Lawrence was nothing before Doug Peterson got there. Right. I think that's, it's, I mean, you could say the same for fields when they switched that system to allow him to use his athleticism a lot more. And it really unlocked something in his game. I think to prematurely say that this guy's done after one game. Yeah. It doesn't look good. He's probably looked the worst out of any top five quarterback in recent memory. Um, But has everything been working for him? I don't know if we can say that. Well, I can tell you statistically who he's looked as bad as. Mm-hmm. CBS put up something today that I, I hadn't really even considered. But they put up Zach Wilson's numbers against Jamarcus Russell's numbers uh, through their first 22 starts. Uh, Zach Wilson has thrown less touchdowns than Jamarcus Russell, and he's thrown three more interceptions. So Zach Wilson was 15 uh, to 18, and Jamarcus was 16 to 15. Zach has uh, about 600 more yards um, and like a 3% better completion percentage, but they're both hovering in the 50s for completion percentage and a 70 Mm -hmm. passer rating. Um, So not saying that he's Jamarcus Russell, but he's not keeping good company at the moment. And I think the reason why I'm saying he might be done in New York is not necessarily indicative of, of the idea that he's not going to get another chance somewhere else. 
But I do think that the Jets, one, have a guy on their roster who's better than Zach in Mike White. And two, I think they have the draft capital, if I remember correctly, and the money next year to go out and get a free agent quarterback. I mean, realistically, they're like a quarterback away from being a really competitive team in the AFC. So I think there could be a scenario in the offseason where you get some, like you said, offensive-minded coach who goes, you know what? I think I can, I think I can help Zach. Here's our veteran QB. We'll restart with. I know a guy who's talented, but just hasn't, maybe hasn't been given it. Who knows what's wrong with Zach? I don't know if it's yeah. him. I don't know if it's the coaching staff. Who knows? But I think the Jets are going to be in a situation where they have two realistic options that are going to be better than Zach, which is going to be Mike White or going to get a veteran QB. So I'm not saying I think he's going to be done in the NFL because I do think that obviously, you know, like you said, we were talking about it last week. There is talent there with Zach he is a talented quarterback you would you don't get drafted number two if you're just devoid of talent um and I I, like I said I think there's just going to be two options for the Jets that are better than Zach next season which is going to be Mike White or going and getting a veteran quarterback Um, yeah like Jimmy G or or Jimmy G yeah Um, I've heard great Carr's name being thrown around (laughs) Yeah, um, which I'm not necessarily psyched about, um, but uh, I mean, it's yeah, Derek's name I know has been thrown around. Jimmy G is going to be out there. There was uh, Daniel Jones, if they don't pick up the option um, with him. I mean, he'd be better than um, anybody else. What do you think uh, about if they were to go out and get Jordan Love? It's probably, yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows what the Packers are going to do with that situation. I think it's going to depend, obviously, on what Rodgers wants to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, whether he's going to stay or not. Um, I think if Rodgers – What about Tom Brady? <laughs> I'm just uh, – there's no way he's going to the Jets. <laughs> there's no way. Back, back to the AFC East. There's no way he's going to the Jets. Just throwing that out there as a joke. But, like, another QB out there who's, like, um, kind of a veteran. I mean, I'm – I don't think this – I don't know how much of an upgrade would this be, but the Saints have two quarterbacks on their roster. They have Dalton and Winston. I could see maybe the Jets going, give us Jameis, maybe. Um, yeah. uh, Mariota got benched for Desmond Ritter, so maybe you go get Mariota. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker. Uh, Gino. Maybe Gino. If he, if, nah, uh, Gino's you know, gonna... he has this good – do you think he's, they're going to lock him up in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe how crazy would that be if the jets were the team that drafted him and then go out and give him gino smith a hundred plus million dollar redemption deal arc. years yeah. later <laughs> redemption arc that would be that'd be cool great for him i mean he deserves to get paid oh he's gonna get paid yeah. he's a pro bowler now <laughs> yep yep yeah so it's it's just interesting because the Jets find themselves in a situation where they have this like championship window, um, and they have they have two options. Um, they do not have a championship window. It's like a playoff window. Well, okay, their defense is absolutely elite, and they have great offensive weapons. You get the right quarterback in there. There's no reason why they couldn't make. Where there's no reason why they wouldn't be sane that uh, to themselves in the building 
realistically. Um, I'm sure the Texans were talking about the Super Bowl no, they in training weren't. camp. I'm sure <laughs> no, they, they weren't. Were. No, they weren't. <laughs> Denver was. And look at that turn now. Yeah, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how that goes, <laughs> that trade um, might uh, might turn. I don't want to say that that's going to end up being a terrible trade. I, I'm I'm much, I'm willing to write this year off for Russ. Um, if it happens again next year, then that then that's a pattern. <laughs> so. So. Yeah, but I think just to, just to close it a little bit, big win for Jacksonville. Like you said, if they went out they're in which is crazy with how poorly of a lull they had in the middle of the year um i don't i think if the titans are fully healthy i think the titans have the edge in that matchup uh potentially yeah playing down in jacksonville i know for a lot of teams for whatever reason always seems to be really difficult um, for the colts (laughs) especially for the colts um and I don't know if, if they beat the Texans, which they probably should, then they're playing for everything at that point. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I'll pull up Tennessee's record right now. Okay. So if Tennessee wins and the Jaguars win, I'll have to go back. Okay. So the Jaguars beat the Titans. Then I think they're going to be, I think that game is going to come down to one, the playoffs for both teams, I think. Um, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it's gonna be oh, the Titans are on a four game losing streak. Holy smokes, that is crazy. Is that the longest losing streak in the NFL right now? It is. Nope, the Bears have a seven game losing streak. Sorry, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> still still <laughs> found a quarterback, though. <laughs> it, it still found a quarterback in the Cardinals as well. Yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, it'd be cool if Jacksonville can make this push, um, and get into the playoffs. That'd be that would be really cool. Um, all right, let's make our picks for week 16. So obviously yeah. the Jaguars Jets game played. I think we both picked the Jaguars earlier in the week anyway. We did. Um, so let's head, let's move forward to the Falcons Ravens game. Um, I would take the Ravens in that one. They're playing at home. Yes. All right. Is... Um, Lions Panthers. Lions. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Seahawks Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs at home. Yep. Um, I'll take the uh, Browns at home against the Saints. Oh, now I'm picking the Saints. Yeah, you just you just can't, can you? <laughs> no, I, I can't pick that that QB. Browns. The Saints. Uh, Titans, Texans. I'll take the Titans. Yep. Um, I'll take the Bengals on the road over the Patriots. Yes. Um, interesting game, actually. I think the Vikings-Giants game might be might, has a potential to be really interesting. I'll take the Vikings at home against the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants. All right. I don't think that's an outrageous pick. Yeah, I, Minnesota coming off the greatest comeback of in NFL history, but that was crazy. <laughs> they, I don't know. I just feel like they shouldn't have put themselves in that position. Yeah, they put, shouldn't have put themselves in a couple positions this season. And there might be <laughs> there might be a little hangover from that from that win. We'll see. 
Um, Bills are on the road against the Bears. I'll take the Bills. Yes. Give me the give me the rocket ship over the Commanders. Oh, oh yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy win. All right. So the Eagles Cowboys game to me got infinitely less entertaining. Still going to be very entertaining, but it is unfortunate that Jalen Hurts is not going to be playing. But uh, they yeah. play on twenty-five in Dallas. What do you think? It's got to be Dallas. It, that's tough because that was one of those games that really feel like felt like it would decide our week in picks but and I thought I got you because we we picked earlier this week um yeah, before Jalen before Jalen got announced and you picked Philly um but yeah I, I think well, it's what? easy easy Dallas now you know what I'm going with Philly give me Minshew mania oh yeah is, is it Gardner yeah, give me ask who's filling in. Give me Minshew Mania, baby. Oh yeah, I'm going for it. Why not? I've been, I've been, I've been high on the uh, Eagles since the very beginning. I've been in Jalen Hurts' corner. I'm gonna stick with him. Uh, I know he's not playing, but go Eagles. Um, Raiders Steelers. I obviously have the Raiders. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Steelers. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Steelers. Mm um Packers Dolphins gosh man what again we said this on the other show the NBA is thankful that the three games on Christmas are Packers Dolphins Broncos Rams and Bucks Cardinals just gonna push people away from the NFL to the NBA that day the Broncos Rams game being on Christmas is just terrible (laughs) oh gosh that's gotta be the lowest rating of any NFL game this year has to be that Denver Rams game. It just has to. It's terrible. Um, I'll take Miami. Yeah. In, in Miami. I think that's big. Yeah. I'll take Denver on the road against the Rams. Yeah, the Rams just lost. Skoranek, I think. Man, yeah, you, I think you got to take Denver. That that game is going to be ten to three. Yeah, I think it was Skoranek they lost. Um, it was really the only remaining player on the team. Um, Bucks Cardinals. Give me the Bucks. Tampa. Yeah, take Tampa, and then Colts Chargers. Give me the Chargers for sure. Right. Herbie on Monday night. Still an awful game though. Yeah, not a great game. Um, and we are at four right now. Browns, Saints, Vikings, Giants, Philly, Dallas, Raiders, Steelers. Uh, there doesn't feel like there's an obvious one to flip on. Um, Lamar's still out, right? I don't know. Injury report. Lamar out in week 16. Um, oh. yeah, I just I just saw it. Okay. Um well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take Atlanta then. <laughs> I was I was just gonna flip on Atlanta. <laughs> I was just gonna flip on Atlanta. All right, um, then. I'll take Atlanta. I'll I'll take the Raiders. Oh, okay. Do you okay? Yeah. So, do you want to unflip on the Raiders or do you want to? Um... Yeah, I'm gonna unflip on the Raiders. Okay. But I think we're both taking Atlanta, correct? Um. Yes, we're both now taking Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Brown Saints, Vikings, Giants, Phillies. Philly. 
Phillies. Not baseball team. Uh, Philly Cowboys. Got it. All right. Let's move our way towards the NBA for a little bit. We can talk about our Sacramento Kings. So let's roll the With intro. The exactly. Let's if I don't go. see that beam lit in person, I am going to throw a fit. I'm going to have to update our graphics and to incorporate the beam with the Keeping Up With The Kings intro. Which, uh-huh. By the way, let's, uh, let's roll that real quick. Yeah, I need to. I need to figure out a way to incorporate that beat in our uh, in in our intro. I'll I'll have to I'll have to go back and re-edit the graphic. Um, yeah, I like how it turned out, but we it just the beat we, has to be there. <laughs> we were driving um, home. First off, this was the worst travel I've ever had to get to Sacramento. Uh, we had to fly into Oakland because our flight to Sacramento, our direct flight, was canceled, um, and then. Uh, Jenna's parents had to pick us up from Oakland, but we were driving in four in the morning and um, we were like, maybe the beam is still up because they won that night. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe the beam is, is still up. Can we see the beam? No, they didn't have it up. No, it didn't have it up. It was so sad. They didn't have it up. So I think it was um, the Lakers game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, when they absolutely night. destroyed the Lakers. I know they didn't have Anthony Davis and whatnot. Oh, yeah, dismantled the Lakers. LeBron's still playing well, but yeah, yeah. Man, that Lakers team is pretty poor. All right, so you know who's not for the Sacramento Kings? They're sitting at six right now in the Western Conference. They they are actually the only team from one to seven that doesn't have nineteen wins. They have seventeen wins. Every other team in there has nineteen wins, but the Kings have thirteen losses, which is one of the least. Um, in the conference right now and actually i was just i wanted to take a look at because i think there was some hesitancy from maybe people on the outside who weren't watching the kings day in and day out that hey is this kind of a a fluke thing for the kings i think we've gotten past the point where we know it's not i mean i think a good indicator of that is i was looking at the road record for the sacramento kings Mm -hmm. there are there is one two three teams in the Western conference out of all 15 that have a um, 500 or above road record. Uh, The trailblazers are 10 and nine on the road. The nuggets are nine and eight on the road and the Kings are eight and eight. That's it. They're the only teams in the Western conference right now with a 500 or above road record. And that right there is a mark of a good team. Um, That actually kind of shocks me. Yeah. When you're looking that well, yeah, when you're looking at what, uh, like basically the definition of a good team, the first place you got to look is that road record. And if you are 500 on the road, then you should be, I mean, theoretically, you should be above 500 uh, in the win column because it's just easier to get wins at home. It always is. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting stat. Is I, I just, I knew that they were, right at around 500 on the road but i wanted to check against other teams and i'll go look quickly in the eastern conference right now um while you elaborate a little bit on what you've seen so far yeah i mean i think this team we talk about their their road games um when this team travels to the east coast for those long east coast stretches it just can be tough 
no matter what team they're playing against, it seems like they're prone to have those lulls, like what we saw against Atlanta, what we saw against um, Boston for a little bit in those games. They just look tired. Um, did a good job the last road stretch to really get that, bring that to three and three. I think that was really impressive. But this team, I think, is just incredible at home. It just seems like they feed, get to a different level at home, seems so in control. Um, role players like Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, Terrence Davis, I think play so much better at home where they're just seem like they're more comfortable and they're really hitting shots. Um, Sabonis, as of late, I think has a s- clearly established himself as a perennial all-star in this league at the center position. I think there is zero doubt with how well he has been playing. Um, in my opinion, I think he should he should be the first guy off the bench at the All-Star game. He can't start over Jokic, but he certainly should be that first guy off the bench. Um, this level at, at home, and I know they lost to the Hornets, which was – Kind of heartbreaking for me, but they were playing so well, and the Lamelo ball was just every bit that difference. He was the best player on the court. He was hitting unbelievable shots um, that I think you just got to shrug and say, "Hey, we'll get him. We'll get him next time." Is that sort of thing? Because they played so well to stay in that game. Um, came back from a lot of big leads that the Hornets had, but it just at certain points was too much and I was really encouraged with the way that De'Aaron played in that fourth quarter because it was fox ball fox ball fox ball every bit down the court uh, which was pretty encouraging to see so I'm excited for this test against Denver I think I'd be so disappointed if Denver were to go in and sweep the Kings in these next two games. I I just don't think the Kings are that bad of a team that that should happen. I think they should at least get one of these games. Um, I'd highlight probably the first game on the 27th for them to win. Um, and then who knows, maybe Denver will be even bit, even more tired than the Kings on that, that next night and they're able to get another win. But I just want to see that beam lit. And they, I, know. I love how the fans, even the team has really embraced it. the beam and the beam team. Um, people can laugh at it. People can scoff at it, but it's, I think it's jealous. I think that's what I think. I think they're just jealous. And whoever came up with that in the marketing department, game promotions, whatever it was, man, you need a raise. You need exactly. the biggest Christmas bonus in the entire company exactly. at that point for what you just came up with. Um, so I looked at the road records for the Eastern Conference. There's only four teams that have an above 500 record in the, um, on the road. It's the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Knicks. That's, those are the only teams. Um, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> again, you have all of the teams that I've mentioned are all playoff um, teams, and the Kings are right there as well um, in that mix. Um, I was also doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of stats research, um, and I uh, I checked um, a, a website right now. It's called lineups.com. It's got uh, offensive rating numbers and defensive rating numbers, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Kings right now are first in points. 
Um, it does, it's not specifying whether or not it's points per game or total points, but regardless, um, the the thing that I'm trying to highlight there is that their offense has just been outstanding um, since the beginning of the season. I mean, I feel like every single game that I turn on, by the end of the third quarter, they're in the 90s for points. It's it's mm-hmm. never they're never not in the 90s. It's I mean, I'll just. I mean, they've got just looking back recently at some of their games, 134, 125, 122, 124, 103. Um, They had uh, a 113 game in there, another 123, a 137. Um, I think they put up, yeah, they put up 153 against the Nets. Um, Yeah. Their defense at the start of the season, yeah, their defense at the start of the season was not great so their defensive numbers aren't amazing but as of late it feels like maybe they're not the greatest defensive team of all time but their their defense has (laughs) been um their defense has been getting timely stops it feels like they can tighten up in moments when they really need to i think Mm -hmm. davion mitchell has been as important to that bench unit as any other um, player um, on that bench. And I've argued that Malik Monk was the most important player on the bench. He very well may be, but Davion Mitchell as of late uh, over the last couple of games has really, really been a force on defense and has been getting more aggressive on the offensive end, which is really nice. I wish he would shoot more um, Mm -hmm. because he he's been uh, shooting well. Yeah. Because he, he's just been playing. He's got such a good shot. He is a really good three-point shooter. Um, and um, he's he's so freaking fast. I mean, we talk about how De'Aaron is extremely fast. I don't know if he's as fast as De'Aaron, but he ain't far off. Um, he's pretty quick. He just doesn't have as long of strides. Like, De'Aaron no. can get from the halfway line to the bucket in four dribbles. Davion's right? start and stop is um, mm-hmm. lethal, though. Like just that drive, just a quick hesitation, like just enough to get the defender to freeze uh, in the lane is outstanding. And he just plays so freaking hard. I was telling Bree the other day, I was like, this team in general is my favorite iteration of any Kings team I've ever watched, um, like in my life. And it might be mm-hmm. my favorite team, like ever that I've watched. And that's inclusive of my, of the Raiders and whatnot. Like it, they're just, so entertaining and they feel i feel like they really enjoy being around each other um and i think as fans you know you feed off of the players energy a lot um your enjoyment of the game i think comes a lot from how much the players seem to be enjoying playing and playing for the city and playing for each other um everybody just looks like they're having a great time out there. It's, it's just really enjoyable to watch. And I, I don't know where they're going to go this season, but. It's conference finals. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't, as, as fans, I think at this point, what we've established the Kings have is a great foundation going forward for the next couple of years. What ends up happening this season I have no idea. I don't think truthfully that we should necessarily put expectations on what to, on what we want them to do this season, because at least we know that, okay, the Kings have a solid team and at least at the beginning of each season, we can go into the season going, you know what, 
they really have a realistic chance of, of making it to the playoffs and maybe they should make it to the playoffs. It feels, I think about almost halfway through this season that they should make it. The only reason why I'm saying uh, let's maybe not like put like project expectations on the team is because the Western conference is so freaking tight right now. Mm -hmm. That one game could determine whether or not they're the fifth seed and have a lock in the playoff spot or the 10th seed and fighting for the play-in. So it's like, it's hard to judge um, maybe what, where they should and shouldn't be um, at the end of the season. So Yeah, I totally – I think it's tough to expect this team to make the playoffs without the play-in. But I think at the bottom line, they should be in that play-in if things go yes. wrong. With how, with how tough some of those teams are and some of the teams are going to be – some of those more established cores and groups might – prove out to make those spots and leapfrog the Kings. But I think with how well they've shown through the early part of this year and how well it's nightly really with this team that it's hasn't really been let off to where they've thrown a couple duds together. And you're like, man, what is going on with the Kings? No, it's pretty consistent right now. They're putting up points and they are coming back from all big leads. Yeah. I think their, their defense is fine in that they give a lot of effort on defense. I don't like Kevin Herter, I think gives some of the most defensive effort, but he is a probably statistically pretty poor defensive player. Yeah. He's um, not a great on ball defender, but he's, he's, yeah, you're right. He is out there trying to be, right. and like, he's a good, like, I think, I don't think anybody on the team is a bad, like, because there's a difference between being a good on-ball defender and being a good like team defense guy mm -hmm. um and because you'll have you'll have people who aren't necessarily great at keeping people in front of them but are outstanding at getting steals um and mm -hmm. playing those passing lanes and even if you're not getting steals just cutting off lanes for people to to look through um and to even go, oh, you know what, maybe I can fit a pass in between there. If you're, you know, if you have somebody who is aware of where they are on the court, then they can completely shut that down. Right. I, th I think the biggest thing with this, this defense that's been different in years past is they are cashing in on those opportunities they are creating. So when they get that steal, they're turning it into points. Mm-hmm way at a way higher rate than they ever have and i think a higher rate than a lot of teams in the nba it just seems like their efficiency is so much better because those are huge swing plays when you turn two to three points for the other team into three two points for yourself i think those are just demoralizing and such a big momentum swing in games that they really capitalize on i think the second unit is the biggest factor in that because i think monk davis Mitchell is driving to the cup really well. Uh, Metu with his lobs. I think they're just able to get out on the break a little bit easier. As an undersized group, they're not the best defensive. I think only Davion is probably, I think, a plus defender out of that group. Monk Fox can be when he needs to. Well, he I'm talking about the bench be. unit. Oh, the bench. Like that, right, yeah. that second unit. Um, I think he Davion's probably the only one, but they play well defensively. And when they get that turnover, they're turning it into points and that's how they're keeping teams. That's how they're keeping leads. And that's even how they're coming back on teams with that second unit. I think the depth 
is the best that's what we talked about before the season started the depth of this team is really going to be that driving force yeah so and so speaking of the depth and i want to tie it back to something that we had mentioned in our in our previous episode what was the number one weakness that we said of the sacramento kings right now size right Mm -hmm. they're just small well guess who we got a sighting of the other day um Kita got in. He had about he had about ten minutes. Had ten points. Had a couple rebounds. He's and probably one seven seven thousand fouls. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple fouls. Um, but but what I mean is he's probably he's got to be one of the only seven footers on the team. Um, he's seven. Alex Len. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I think. He could be really key going down the road for the Sacramento Kings. I'm not saying he's going to be getting 20, 25 minutes a game. I'm not necessarily suggesting that he should because any minutes you're taking away from Sabonis is, I mean, I just can't, you can't I, everything, I can't explain how much I love watching Sabonis play the game of basketball. It 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 is just. It's so different from everything else in the NBA right now. Yeah, I, I can't I can't explain necessarily. You know what it reminds me of? My favorite my favorite teams to watch growing up was and and you know this was that uh, iteration of the San Antonio Spurs with mm-hmm. Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, Kawhi, um, that whole team. I loved watching that team because not only were they great, but they just did everything. Right. They made all of those extra plays. It never seemed like anybody was necessarily playing for themselves. The goal was always to just win the game. And Sabonis, to me, almost feels like he belonged on that San Antonio team. Like he would have fit so well with them. It doesn't matter what lineup. He either Sabonis could be playing with the bench. He could be playing with the starters. It doesn't matter. He just creates everything for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I, he just is one of my favorite players I think I've ever watched play the game of basketball. It is so entertaining, and I'm so glad he's on our team. Um, but back to back to Kita for a second. Um, and there is actually speaking, and we're talking about size. There's actually an article that I'm looking at right now that is posted um, uh, on Sacktown Loyalty that says NBA news and rumors: Kings may go after Mo Bamba. <laughs> Um, so their size right there. Um, hey, maybe they should get Marvin Bagley back. <laughs> Marvin Bagley back. <laughs> um, so I think I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to be playing, you know, 20 minutes a game. But if he can come in and give you 10, 15 minutes on a in a rotation where the Kings know that they're going to be um, like kind of down on size, I think that's going to be really good for them. Um, really good for his development. Too. I, I would, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to see him with a more expanded role, like 10, 15 minutes a game of just being in there to just give the Kings some size and to give Sabonis a little bit of rest. Um, and hell, they could even put Kita and Sabonis in there at the same time because Sabonis doesn't have to be under the hoop. And I don't think that you would want to roll with that lineup for like six, seven, eight minutes straight. But if you needed a if you needed a big lineup for a few minutes, I think Sabonis is the type of player that can just kind of morph with anybody. Um, that it wouldn't be an issue. Um, 
but uh, I really think he's going to be key for the Kings going down the uh, going down the stretch, just because they're so small. And if they can mm-hmm. have somebody reliable and a reliable seven footer in there, um, that would be great for them. I mean, I mean, he came in and gave him ten points and three rebounds in ten minutes. That's outstanding. Well, I'd, I'd like to see. I I don't think he's and it's only his second year and he was mostly in the g league last year so the amount of experience he has yeah it is very limited um so i just want to see him further develop i mean he's got the size uh i just the game without playing defense without fouling right that's i think a big cliche that's thrown around um but i think it's it's real with especially how many fouls are being called in today's nba I think you just got to know those tricks. Like Marcus Smart, how does he place such great defense and such aggressive defense without racking up all the fouls? I think it's just the times in which you apply pressure. I think especially for big men, because they're just banging down low the whole night. I think you just got to find through game time, those times where you apply pressure and where you, lay off a little bit i think kata really needs to find that and it's only going to come with more play um it's just tough if we're relying on him and i think you you can't have him in there definitely longer than 15 minutes because i think he's um, a little limited on the offensive side he could be a little out of control and give up some plays but i think at 10 minutes as a mix as just to mix something up i think it'd be really nice and matching him with Metu every night, I think would really work. Just gives the Kings a different look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, any minutes that you're taking away from Sabonis is time where I just don't think that you're as good as you can be. Um, yeah. And I think Mike what, Brown realizes that. Yeah. He he has made Sabonis his centerpiece. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the King, whatever you think or whatever any fan thinks the King's best lineup is it absolutely has to start and end with Sabonis um Fox has to be in there too but he he has to be in there but I would I honestly think if I was making a lineup I would pick Sabonis first and the only reason why I'm saying (sighs) that is because his ability to and I wouldn't have said that at the start of the season but I think the thing that has made me come around to that is that that pick and roll that they run with him, he runs mm-hmm. it with Fox. He runs it with Herder. He runs it with Monk, Mitchell. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's just doing it with our starter. So I think that's why you have to pick Sabonis because it didn't, it doesn't, I mean, Fox would be the next selection, but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you're running the pick and roll with. He just makes it work. And I, I, I was telling I remember having that conversation with one of my basketball coaches after I was done, um, after I was done playing uh, uh, in high school. I said the pick and roll is literally the hardest play in basketball to guard if you run it correctly, and it's not close. Um, and they're doing, they're doing that at such a high clip. Uh, and just the nice thing is, I mean, you can see it when you watch the Kings because when you're doing a pick and roll. You're not just trying to get the pick and roll. It's the pass that you get after the pick and roll that is often the most important. And then that second uh, pass you get after because it just it moves the defense around so much. Um, 
he's just outstanding. I can't. You are not allowed to get a Sabonis jersey. You just can't. <laughs> you know what I think? What do you think about this? I I compare. I liken Sabonis to a George Kittle, in that he doesn't put up the greatest receiving. It, talking about Kittle, he doesn't put up the most receiving yards, the most receiving touchdowns for a tight end, but he influences the game in those unmeasurables that you have. And I think Sabonis, he's not putting up the most points. He's not lighting up on the defensive end. He's not, he's doing a lot of like great things that are influenced, like his ability to set screens with those um, like handoff plays that they run with Herder and Monk and having shooters roll around him that he hands it off, sets that screen, gives them an opening. Um, you talk about the effectiveness of a pick and roll. It starts, I think, with the relationship of yeah. the ball handler and the screener and really... I think that's selling him a little short, though. And I'm not saying that, like, Kittle isn't – I mean, Kittle's – Kittle's right. a Kittle, top-10 NFL player. If Kittle was on my team, I'd be, I'd be super happy. But what I mean is, is that, like, I know he's – I know you say – you know, you said he's not putting up the most amount of points. Okay, maybe he does have nights where he has 13 or 50 points, 15 points, but – He's averaging 17 points per game. I mean, that's but, just – it's just fact. I know, but I feel like um, – Well, he's averaging I mean, 18. I'll, I'll round up for him. There are plenty of games where he gives you 25 or 26. But there's um, there's other games where he puts up 11, and he's still 11 with 19 rebounds, and that's still impacting the game. And like he, I'd still say he's one of the best players out on the court, right? Okay, like fair. It's, I, yeah, it's like a it's a thing where he doesn't have to score, and he is influencing the game no, in does. such a way yeah. because he's the best distributor of the ball. I think because what he's creating yeah. out of that post position so i think it's just he's just a different player compared to every other star in the nba right now yeah he's if he's not an all-star this season it's gonna be yeah it's a tragedy if he's not an all-star this season like a legit tragedy <laughs> mm-hmm. they should change the color of the beam to red yeah for anger and revenge yeah, absolutely big, little, big middle finger to like maybe that's what the beam is it's a big middle Maybe. finger to the league. Maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Fox is gonna get it. I feel like he had came out to an app he came out with an absolutely blazing start, kind of tailed off a little bit. He's averaging I, 20, I think he's got the numbers. I think he does have the numbers too. Um he won't be a starter. No. Oh but, no. But he he might sneak in on the bench. Maybe. Maybe. But Sabonis. I feel like he has to be a lock. And then De'Aaron's got to be 50-50, I think, at this point. Um, So I'm super excited for what the rest of the season holds for the Kings. They are are so much fun to watch. Um, And, I mean, I I really have nothing negative to say about the team as a fan, which is not something that I've been able to say in a very long time <laughs> and i think everyone that's been around the team is like just start winning and everything else will change around I, the atmosphere yeah. in that arena you can just feel it coming off the tv it is it's insane i cannot wait to be there dude i, I so the lakers game was sold out and i imagine that the nuggets game both of them are probably going to be sold out because 
I imagine it's going to be like Christmas presents for people to go to, mm-hmm. to go to the games. Um, so yeah, I remember when we were there on my birthday, um, that <laughs> my ears were ringing, were like legit ringing when I got home. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun. It really is. I hope, I hope they win. I hope you get to see the beam. Um, and at the very least, hearing that arena that reeking loud um, is just, it's so much fun. So, well, I'm, I'm um, thinking I'm going to the next three. I can't go to the Washington game tonight, um, but I think I'm going to go to the, the last three of this homestand. So, if I don't see the beam, we got a different conversation about the Kings yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll come back after we'll, we'll talk about it. And if if definitely I don't see it, then I don't think I'm allowed to go to a Kings game the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah that might be true. I, I'll take I'll bite that bullet. Just like I can't true. I can't buy a Kings jersey anymore. Um, I will. I have to go you to gotta, a playoff game though. You yeah, <laughs> you got to resort to m- what my strategy was for the longest time is just buying team gear. Just buy a bunch of team gear. I never bought players jerseys. I never had a Raiders jersey up until two years ago. Um, so I might break my rule for, for for this for this Kings Day. And it had nothing to do with the players or anything, but it's just like people come and go so often. It was like if you buy a jersey for somebody, they might be gone two years from now. And then it's like, well, yeah. I mean, unless unless you get an anomaly like Dirk. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Matter. I thought Thomas Robinson was here to stay. oh my god you needed a jason thompson jersey that was the lock of the century that he was going to be on the team travis outlaw or there was a lot of guys marcus thornton came back too travis outlaw holy smokes john salmons Yo, it's francisco garcia though i loved francisco garcia oh my goodness Oh man, the Kings, their social media team the other day had a post of saying, just post your most random Kings jersey that you have. And there were names that I had totally forgotten about. Oh, it was great. You you remember Papianis? Or Scalabissier? Yeah. Man, when they were on the Kings, that was tough years. <laughs> that was, those were really bad teams. <laughs> Nick Stauskas? <laughs> he was a, he was top 10 overall pick. Sauce Kostowski or whatever his name nickname was or whatever. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. What was – I still think Ben Malcolmore can be in the NBA. <laughs> I'm still holding out. Ray McCollum? Oh, That's he was on that right. Team. He was on that team with him. I always liked Ray more than Ben. No, Ben had prettiest shot in the NBA. It just never fell. It just never went in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, listening to listening to nothing to say in the fans podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, which was last month. Have a wonderful Christmas, which is <laughs> this weekend. You okay? My you bad. okay, man? I dude, I have done that so much recently i don't know why i keep saying thanksgiving but i have done it multiple times over this past week um have a great christmas have a great hanukkah yeah Um, and then um yeah we'll see you all at least one more time before the end of the year so um see ya
Hope you find your dad.